firstly talking about what she's doing now you know she's balancing her day job with which she does love uh in publishing with acting that she's doing um on the side and the acting that she's doing she's not being paid for but it's not the kind of exploitation that we saw with some of our other participants you know who'd worked in a museum for nothing for a year while everyone else was being paid none of them are being paid um they're like money is changing hands at some stage you know when they're putting on a production at a theater money is changing hands but none of it is going to them but she has the kind of background that makes a lot of these things relatively seamless Uh, you know she was going to these classes as a child and then her dad's mate was an agent and then that agent knew somebody else which meant that after she'd done the first show she was able to get put forward for something else and it's this modest story of all of this stuff being the most normal thing in the world that you could understand that if you weren't from the kind of background where you know your dad's mate was an agent as with a lot of the other people um that we spoke to yeah it's just another world and you couldn't imagine how this would be penetrable and so you know we had a lot of people who and you know with that story you know like a lot of it she's not being paid for it's not necessarily satisfying but none of it is wasted time yeah whereas a lot of the other people that we spoke to you know they'd be working for free they'd be doing these unpaid internships they'd be putting on these productions where somebody else was getting paid and they knew the work was bad and it was a waste of time it wasn't it wasn't taking them anywhere but they sort of had to keep themselves warm yeah yeah um i mean that does to be fair i mean that does sound a bit like george again even if it is the second character but anyway um one of the things i wanted to dig into a bit was the political attitudes of uk cultural producers yeah and basically um you find i mean to my great surprise that they tend to be uh a bit on the left and even more interestingly and surprisingly they tend to support the european union they tend to have voted oh look phil's talking about brexit that's interesting how did we end up there Hey, what? don't interrupt, don't interrupt. And more strongly, even strikingly, they're more strongly pro-Remain and perhaps even less happy to be leaving the European Union than uh, potential other groups in the population. At the same time as being more uh, politically engaged. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk us through the political attitudes of this um, of this social group. Yeah, and sorry, just, just to jump in here before you answer, Mark. I, I guess that there is, there is something here about, <clears throat> obviously this, this group of people that we're talking about, um, in general, having probably an outsized influence on politics across across a number of different national contexts. Um, so yeah, I guess obviously the UK uh, example has has some specific um, aspects to it, but I think there's probably a more general point here about the you know what is what are the political attitudes of cultural producers and and are they politically important? So. Again, we sort of run into this problem of like, what is the problem here? Like, why is it an issue if uh, people working in the cultural sector have political attitudes that aren't exactly the same as the general population? You know, nobody is particularly worried that bankers are right wing, for example. And, you know, so we end up with this challenge where... And I should be clear, it's not like a monoculture. It's not as if every single person uh, who's in these data sets, every single person that we spoke to is sort of like full FBPE dad, like consistently voting Lib Dem as hard as they can. It is a mix, but 
compared with the general population, they are noticeably more left-wing and they're particularly, they're more liberal uh, in terms of, you know, some of the ways that you might measure liberal attitudes. And so partly it's what you describe, that the representation crisis, which I described earlier, saying, you know, if these people are drawn from a relatively narrow part of the population, um, can they really represent the, like, can they represent everyone? Similarly, if people are drawn from a relatively narrow set of perspectives and values, are they actually going to be able to represent the nation in a non-patronizing way? And, you know, everyone in this conversation can think of examples where well-meaning left liberals who want to make people's lives better end up delivering sort of ham-fisted patronizing content. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.